Welcome to the Gary Gallagher Law Hour. Attorney Gary Gallagher and his firm have represented thousands of Hawaii workers and families during more than 35 years practice throughout the islands. Whether helping countless workers exposed to asbestos unknowingly in their jobs, filing suit against gas companies for unfair local pricing, or representing the state of Hawaii and winning a settlement against big tobacco, the Gallagher Law Firm helps fight for consumer advocacy and fair play for the people of Hawaii. No kopuno on your behalf. Now, Gary and his team are here to take the mystery out of what they do and answer your legal questions. So here's the host of our show, Mike Buck and Hawaii attorney, Gary Gallagher. Aloha and welcome everybody to the Gallagher Law Hour. You know, we're so glad uh, to be able to have you today. This is actually, we're going to get you twice. This is a two-part program. As you know, we've been spending a lot of time, uh, whenever possible, on an area of concern of Gary's, and that's brain health and sports injury. This is a huge and wide program. Uh, We're going to try and get to it as much as we can. We have an exciting guest that's been at all levels of sports for a long, long time, and that'll be our surprise in a moment. But first, to differentiate between the normal stuff that Gary does and this particular, this calling, if you will, the Gary uh, Gallagher Foundation is uh, sponsoring these series of meetings in which a lot of stakeholders get together and determine how kids get hurt, how kids get concussions. And it goes from kids, it goes all the way up to professionals. And that's kind of a a big, wide paint of the brush. That's why this is a two-part program. Gary, what was your original interest in this whole area? I do know that it was one particular player whose malady came to your, uh, you know, attention. But I'm sure that you've made other observations on this condition of kids getting hurt, getting hit in the head. Oh yeah, we we all know about it in old school. It was you know your bell gets rung, all kinds of different things. But in my career, uh, besides being a psychology major at UCLA, I taught special education for four years, and you learn that you can only take so much away from a human being with by way of brain damage or deficits whether they're born that way or they get injured but it's truly devastating and you know currently we represent people that have traumatic brain injuries that are in wheelchairs or 100 percent disabled but when it becomes apparent that these injuries can be avoided it's a hundred thousand times a million times better to avoid a devastating brain injury Then, in the last few years, it became apparent that concussions were just the tip of the iceberg with respect to football. Then the helmet itself enabled the fraud, if you will, or a false sense of security of the brain being protected when it did anything but do that. It you was, know, I got to tell you one thing. And I, NFL did this on purpose so they could market violence. And, and this is the first takeaway that a friend of mine had when he heard us talking about this some time ago. And he said, you know, uh, Gallagher says that the helmet, uh, the helmet is, uh, is a weapon uh, in, instead of it's a protection. And I think that many parents uh, are under the impression, oh, no problem. They got helmets. Oh, no, that's it. You know, <laughs> I can buy a better helmet. No, yeah. that's like... You know, there's no way. It's like trying to drop an egg off a building. Mm -hmm. No, no, not going to work. Not going to work. The helmet, when you stand back and look at it, it's an illusion of safety. Mm -hmm. You can't buy a better one. The helmet is only, if you look at the small print that the helmet companies put in there, this will only prevent skull fracture. Mm -hmm. With respect to 
concussion, it won't protect. When it comes to chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is the repeated, repeated blows to the head, it, it masks that, it doesn't help that mm -hmm. at all. And the real cure that the science is showing us, and science should be our guide, I'm a science kind of guy, mm -hmm. is that you take the helmets off, concussions go down. It's counterintuitive, but that's the science. That's the fact. But somewhere is going to be the overlapping thing on the graph of a spectator enjoyment of a sport and what they're currently getting. So we have to readjust our things. That's why we're going to get at our, at, at our guests. You know, and, and I think that maybe we've seen that already in some, in some areas. It's really, really kind of good news. But this is not strictly, uh, you know, confined to football. As Gary said a minute ago, you know, his, his clients, if you will, are, are, you know, people that have suffered traumatic uh, brain injuries uh, in, and, and these concussions in professional football. But it trickles way, way down. And somewhere in the middle is our guest. I'm, I'm very excited to do this because I remember growing up and, and, and learning about what Coach Vince Gu was doing in a number of different sports. And you pointed this out to me today again, and Vince and I go way back. But, Gary, this is the coach that wants to win, but he also wants his kids to graduate. What a concept, you know? No, he, in, yeah. in my view, Vince yeah. would have been the perfect AD for UH. From mm -hmm. the standpoint, uh, there, that should be the paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. We would get wonderful athletes, have a wonderful athletic department if we focused on the student and graduation, number one. I'm a parent. I want my kid to go there and play sports. Vince has that complete package with the values being in the right order. Maybe not so much hot-rodding street racing mm -hmm. to get people excited to come here, but my parents wanted me to go to education and a really, really quality coaching program. So with that, we welcome Coach Vince Gu to the discussion. And uh, Coach, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. And I guess the interesting bridge that you present is from the old school, hard hitting, go out there and suck it up and play hard to uh, you made a lot of decisions in the last few years to say, wait a minute. But what about what about that thing? Haven't you always been proud about your not just graduation rate, but staying in school rates? Well, yeah, you know, at, at the University of Hawaii, um, I always told our, our coaching staff we compromise. We won't compromise in two areas. One, academics. Our, our players will attend classes. Mm -hmm. will get their degrees. If they do what we say, they, they will graduate. That's what we tell their mm -hmm. parents. And then the, the health and safety of our student-athletes. Isn't that sort of an interesting thing? Because that, that statistic is not proudly broadcast by a lot of sports programs in our country, especially at the, at the college level, this graduation rate in the number of teams. How, how often did you take hits? From well, people that said, "Hey, come on, Vince. You know, let's win some games. Never mind if this kid gets a ticket or not." Well, that's um, that's what you want personally, mm -hmm. and so that's how you want to run your program. Uh, we you, you go to school to, to get education mm -hmm. and to graduate, and then you come and you you, you get a scholarship. You, you play ball, whatever sport it is, whatever gender, and uh, it, it's good to win as many games as you can, but. Um, Risking the, the health and welfare of a player is mm. not worth even just one more victory. Let's talk, Gary, with Coach about the different sports, how many sports he's been involved in. And I guess if you're a coach, you're a coach. If you know how to sell widgets, it doesn't really matter what color widget you're selling. There's a coaching philosophy and a coaching method. How did you first get hooked up with Coach Goo? Well, it's an interesting story and uh, uh, coaching different things. One is uh, <clears throat> Shane Abbey is a holy kid that Vince had or he had the fortune to have Vince as his golf coach, I think out of Kaiser, if I had the story right. But way back when, the beauty of that was, 
Vince Goo had never coached golf. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he didn't have any trouble getting on that horse and riding and making it good. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line, when he found out that some, we won't mention names or who it was, mm -hmm. but I think it was Shane Avi, mm -hmm. ditched school so he could go practice, get ready. Sure. Coach benched him. He said, you're not playing. Mm -hmm. Number one is academics, and that's been his cardinal rule since day one, and I always, always respected that about Vince. How early in the piece did you get involved in coaching? I'm sorry, when was that? In, How, in high school. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, at the high school level. Right out of college, mm -hmm. you know, started teaching and started mm -hmm. coaching yeah. on a number of different sports. Wasn't very good at it, not very successful. Back in those days were yeah. some of the schools that, oh, uh, Vince, uh, can you take the basketball program, please? Well, we I wanted the basketball, the basketball team. But yeah, yeah, if you yeah. get basketball, we hire you, then you got to do cross country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Gary talking about the, the Kaiser, um, Kaiser High School mm -hmm. uh, golf coaching position I had. It's not just my first coaching position for golf. I wasn't even a golfer. So I learned how to play golf from the players. I was going to say, you got yeah. coached by the kids. Yeah. So I had yeah, a prep yeah. period during yeah. sixth period, last period of the day. So I'm driving to Hawaii Kai Golf Course, not very far. And school gets out at 3. So I go there at 2.15, set everything up for the practice for the players. And I see Shane and another player on about the fifth hole. And wait, school doesn't get out till three, and it's two fifteen, and they're playing, <laughs> and they're yeah. not that good. And they're they not weren't that, good that fast, yet, right? but they're yeah, not there yeah, pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so mm -hmm. you know, they they ran the extra two miles the mm -hmm. next day, and mm -hmm. they got their punishment, and um, that's that was probably one of the the beginnings of uh, the discipline that we try to instill. In you course. know, I guess in golf, not a contact sport. Well, at least it's not supposed to be, right? So the, the big danger of getting cough is not getting hurt, is not looking where you are and, and having a a ball being you, somebody's club being you. But obviously there still was probably what what moved you from there to the next sport. I mean, you know, did you start with that? No, no, I'm, I was doing a lot of other sports. But mm -hmm. uh, golf, yeah, it's not a contact sport, but I used to play every Saturday uh, with Gary Gallagher mm -hmm. at Wall Country Club. And I'll tell you what, it can be a contact sport because his ball would go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you had to be careful. He redefined the word yeah, slice, yeah. in other words, so, right? Yeah. There, was, there could be dangerous contact. Yeah. You know, Gary, there seems to be, and this is kind of a neat story, um, how much business and how much networking gets done when you're either fishing with somebody or golfing with somebody or, you know, playing softball with somebody? I mean, the game is ir irrelevant. It's just getting together and, and, and having finding some common ground. No, it is. And as far as different people and use golf as, uh, you know, a business kind of thing, it usually works for me when I, guys come in from the mainland and mm -hmm. take them and play. But I haven't been playing recently. I got back into surfing and water sports, and work's been pretty intense. But it's kind of like golf and my friendship. I find them wherever they mm -hmm. are, and they become, I tend to be a loyal friend. But, <clears throat> Vince, I really admired... Uh, from the get, not he he can be funny in spite of his first joke that fell on his face about me hitting people with golf ball. Never, mm, happens. Yeah, never happens. Right? Never yeah. happened. Anyhow, um, he and some other <laughs> guys out there are funny, and so it, it's always good fun to play with Vince because uh, he is serious, serious about his own golf. He mm -hmm. practiced more than anybody I know up there, and um, by the same token. Over the years uh, of meeting lots and lots of very talented uh, people that are well-known, the thing that stood out to w about me, uh, or what I really admired about Vince, was his, his premium that he put on education for these students, student-athletes, mm -hmm. and that he was going to carry that value through. And 
to me, he was a shining star example of UH in coaching. When I think the statistic, if I'm right, Vince had the highest graduation rate in Wahine basketball nationally. I mean, to me, that should be the paradigm at yeah. UH. I really believe that. You know, that being said, one of the things we were talking about off the air, Coach, is um, people are not aware of this, but your that sport, Wahine basketball, is a is a kind of dangerous sport. I mean, you know, we talked about things off the air. I mean, before we started recording, and Gary, you were concerned that there is maybe a misconception about what causes female injury. You know, uh, you know, whether is, is it are they the fairer sex? Are they physiologically different? Uh, were you surprised to find that? And then later on, when you talked to Coach Gu about it, the high uh, occurrence of concussion among college female basketball players. Well, actually, I was not aware of that until we started looking at the H-Camp research, you know, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Research that's being done up at the University of Hawaii. And uh, it's their research that showed that of all the 13 or 14 sports they've surveyed, Mm. with the state money that's been so well invested, um, Wahine judo has got the highest percentage. Isn't that amazing? The highest percentage. Now, there are not a lot of kids doing it, but uh, the the ones that do it get hurt. Exactly. And then likewise, in the people that I've met and students they've had come forward to share their experience, uh, the concussions that Wahinis have had in basketball and in volleyball, they hit their head one time on the hard floor. Mm Oh, man, it changed their life dramatically. That and is I really was amazing. astounded yeah. by that. I was just astounded. Well, there, aren't there similarities, Coach uh, Goo, about the, the floor in a, in a basketball court? I mean, you know, it's a hardwood floor. And, you know, we're not meant to pound our heads on it. And I, I would imagine as a coach, every time you saw that, you'd have the little cringe inside. Well, you know, when we were growing up and we were, we were mm. playing basketball, whether it's in a league and um, or, or at the playground, if you fell and hit your head on, on, on the floor, mm-hmm. okay, then you start to worry. Other than that, yeah. you're not going to have a concussion. But little did we know that a forearm or an elbow uh, can cause mm-hmm. all of those things. And um, and, and we look at football, um, it, it the big hits with the head, yeah. you know, concussion. But then what about all those little little contact that you've had along the way? And that, uh, I, I you know, a lot of concussion came from that. So. We've, we've learned that from Gary and from the Brain and Health Sports Injury confabs there are, and that, Gary, I guess could be, and some were defined down the road as the cumulative effect. In other words, you're going to be able to track when a kid starts getting hurt and, and, and what caused it, and then, more importantly, what to do about it. No, see, that's where I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. We have more money, and uh, hopefully the H-Camp research that's being done at the University of Hawaii can go forward. And I would like to see it get more sophisticated from the standpoint they've done wonders as far as uh, getting the kids uh, out of play uh, after concussion before they can come back in. And common sense doesn't always dictate. Uh, You don't want to put a kid in complete darkness. Mm -hmm. You need some stimulation, but it's got to be the right kind. And a lot of it's trial and error to get the kids back in, but they are their own uh, best indicator when they can start to exercise and get back into it, they can go back. But there's no simple Simon answer to this. But the main thing is that we just be honest with the research that's out there and we get more feedback and we feel our way along intelligently 
so we're not just having a blood sport with our kids out there. I mean, I'm a pretty liberal kind of guy. Mm -hmm. I let people do what they want with their adult brains, as nuts as it might be. The guy mm -hmm. just jumped out of the airplane and landed. Yeah, without a parachute. I mean, I mean you know, I'm let's talk to you, this guy pretty quick. That guy's quick. a yeah. stuntman. Yeah. His name is made, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the other hand, when it comes to our kids, we have a higher duty than that. Mm -hmm. And when you realize that your, your whole brain, your sense of self, your life, your way to find happiness and success is in between your ears and we're kicking this around for blood sport, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. When the parents really know that, they can see that, it's gonna take a little fun out of it. Yeah, but what a compromise. Pop Warner, everybody wanna see it, but the kids shouldn't be playing mm -hmm. with helmets. If there's a kid that got injured wearing a helmet, I'm after that. I wanna help and I'd go after the helmet company. You know, I, I have to tell you how much I agree. The other day, there's one in, in my neighborhood, there's a park and these young kids come out to play and their, their helmets are bigger than they are. I mean, you know, it really is, and, and that's a, a thing they hold. But I think, that, too, if, if we go back, and by the way, just so that you know what's happening today, you're listening to the Gallagher Law Hour. Uh, Gary Gallagher and, and, his, and his team are all about finding out ways to take a look at the severity of brain injury, sports, how each sport is interrelated with each other. You can go to the web, uh, GallagherLaw.com, and, and check out some really neat things that are happening there. But we're so pleased today to have Gary's long-term and my long-time friend, Coach Vince Gu, with us because I want to go back to the Wahine volley, I mean, basketball again because unlike other teams, there's not a whole lot of players. I mean, for instance, what was your typical roster of players in, at UH in women's basketball? We had 15 scholarships available yep, for yep. women's basketball. Okay. We had a full-time trainer mm -hmm. who did just women's basketball. During the off-season, they would help with some other sports. We had a team doctor on a voluntary basis. The, the school had a, had a physician, a mm -hmm. team physician, but we had a volunteer um, team doctor. And so we were pretty well, pretty well covered. And, I um, remember when Title IX first came together and when this sport really started to grow on its own and this Wahine name came out and all of that thing, the excitement was to be able to get to play for that team. And, you know, uh, maybe you can spread a little knowledge about what it takes as a coach, not only to be driven as you were about graduation and going to school, but looking after injuries, how do we tell the coach, hey, coach, you really have to pay attention to these kids and not put them back when they shouldn't be back in the game? Well, first of all, I, I had our team doctor and our trainer make all the calls when it came to health and safety of our players. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would not second-guess them. They say they play or they don't play. And at the same time, I say, you do your job. Don't tell me what offense and what defense to, yeah, to yeah, play. Yeah, you know? right. So they did their stuff. Yeah. I did my stuff. And uh, But I'm surprised even today. Um, I just, you know, after retirement, I've heard stories where I won't, I won't mention what sport, what gender, what coaches, what players, but you got a, you got a player with um, staph infection. You got a player with um, a stomach virus. Mm. He's on an IV, and the coach wants him to play that night. And the team doctor says no. And he insisted on, you know, having the players play. So they went out and got a second opinion from another doctor. And that doctor said, no, these kids can't play. But these are kids that they needed to, to win the ball game. And, and it, this is recent. Yeah, at this what expense, recent. right? Yeah, you yeah. know, Gary, maybe it, it calls for a change. Like Vince said, if he left that call to the trainer and to the doctor, this is something that coaches would be have, having to do. Uh, how's that, how difficult to sell is that going to be when when the head coach is the head coach? It's my way or the highway. No, but see, that's where I think we're in a, 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 
a paradigm shift. What mm -hmm. I mean by that is more information come forward, and as long as it's transparent and we all mm -hmm. see it, we can make right decisions. And I'm not anti any sport. I love football, so it's like we all do, but I really am in favor of it, making it safer and protecting mm -hmm. the, the head. And I think it can be changed in a way, and I think a legal piece has mm -hmm. part of this, what I mean by that. I want to see the rules changed to where we develop more research mm -hmm. and Hawaii is uniquely positioned because we have one unified school district, I mean, we're sure. statewide. So if we have uh, rules that are adopted to make it safe, nobody's going to buck that. Mm -hmm. And if something we come up with in the next three, four years that makes football safer and our concussion rates plummet, that's going to be looked at nationally. And mm -hmm. we supply so many players to the NFL. What a, we should embrace that opportunity mm -hmm. and, really, and really go with it. Like H Camp support the research that's been done and the state's finance. We really need that to go on for another five years. Yeah, I was looking at the Neuro Huddle, which is a document that explains uh, primarily concussions in football players, and that hence the name Huddle. But in fact, you know, and we're going to learn more from Vince, uh, Coach Vince Gu here, is that there there needs to be a a collective shift in thinking about what we expect out of a kid. Like for instance, Coach, I asked you before about the scholarships and the, and the things. You had fifteen full rides on the basketball team, right? Right. Okay, so to get to that is enviable. So you're going to do whatever it takes uh, at, the, at the, the recruiting level or the coaching level to, to be a hard player and really be a charger and really show your stuff. Uh, how often does that include masking an injury or downplaying an injury so that you can get that ticket? Well, you know, we raise our children, our own children, and we don't start teaching them behavior and attitude when they're 22 years old. Mm -hmm. We start when they're infants. So if we, you know, for football, if you were to change the guidelines and the rules in the NFL, that's not going to change anything for Pop Warner. Mm -hmm. So I think, like Gary said, the younger and the sooner the better. If and they don't have team doctors, they don't have trainers, but we we've got to we got to set regulations where even in Pop Warner, they the the coaches got to follow the same rules, and, and if they learn from Pop Warner, they're going to grow to go to college and the NFL with that mindset. But if we try to teach them at, you know, after college or during college, it's, it's, it's late. How, how difficult, Gary, would it be? You talk often about now the technology that's come about to measure some of these hits and the, and the, and the, and the specialized helmet. But right at this present time, we're talking about a tremendous amount of R&D and development and money. So what do we do? Do we go back to no helmets and playing flag football with these young kids? What's the answer? Well, the young kids, it's definitely helmetless or uh, football or flag. It's just think in terms of you're in charge, you're responsible for your kid, and that brain is like jello. Mm -hmm. It's like gelatin, and you're shaking it up, and the more you're shaking it up, it's not good. If you can just take out the real hard hits with helmets, mm -hmm. you're solving 90% of the problem. That's the game, isn't it? That's, That's the, the game right sure. there. Yeah. So. Uh, I think Great Britain has a rule where there's no contact, uh, like tackle kind of contact until age 14. I think that's a step in the right direction. All of the research that's being done now shows that taking the helmets out of practice is really, really helpful on the index of bringing the uh, concussions down. Now keep in mind, we're talking about concussions. 
but the research is showing that the chronic traumatic encephalopathy, the CTE, is from the repeated hits that are mm -hmm. subconcussive. What does that mean? Subconcussive means less than a concussion. If we just lay a uh, definition of concussion, you lose consciousness. If, mm -hmm. say, we said that's it. Every hit down below to some threshold, I don't know what the number is, but maybe 15, 20 Gs. I mean, that's a lot. Um, happening all the time, thousands of times. One data set I've seen showed 2,200 hits to the head, subconcussive. Well, the research I've found out about two years ago that opened my eyes to this, being done by uh, renowned scientists at UCLA, show subconcussive hits. The same cascade of chemicals start in the mm -hmm. brain to come down to start to heal. What's going on? Well, wait a second, this is subconcussive. It's that repeated, repeated, repeated thing is causing the real problems that causes a junior Seau to commit suicide, mm -hmm. uh, that causes people to increase the incidence of uh, domestic violence, that they they've lost their meaning in life, and all this for what? Entertainment? That's fine if you start this at adult, you do it yourself. But when kids are learning this or the beginning injuries are a lot more severe because we've encouraged them for our own vicarious entertainment, no, that's wrong. Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, dollars, you know, rear their head when it's not just entertainment. It's the promise of untold millions of dollars. We see these guys yeah, but, signing up for all this money. You no, know, but that's like hitting the jackpot. Mm -hmm. How often? Yeah, how often? I mean, no, it may be a bad state to bring mm -hmm. that up mm -hmm. in Hawaii. Yeah. We love to gamble <laughs> yeah. so much in Las Vegas. The Ninth but Island, right? No, but yeah. it's different. Yeah. When you're talking about children and their brains, it's way different. And I have no doubt that our sense of community is so strong in Hawaii. We get the right answers. It's going to seep in, and everybody's not going to turn their back on this. It's going to move it in the right direction, but in a healthy way. My ideal world would be that football, uh, you know, 10 years from now, they're not wearing helmets. They're mm -hmm. wearing accelerometers or some damn thing to protect the head. By the same token, a tackle, some athletic tackle could be going... 30 miles an hour and pull somebody down in a Capoeira move. Sure. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But it, it yeah. would be exciting, and if it's done for the right reasons, the NFL's still going to make gazillions of dollars, sure. but we're going to have a lot fewer people that are going to be you know, slobbering and you know, be dead at age 40 for our entertainment. Okay, let's go back to Coach Friend School on this. Once again, going back to the Wahine uh, basketball, and that is the power of observation by the trainer and the doc. Because these guys are going to be, I hope, by certificate, by, by a, getting a degree or getting a, a license in something, they'll be able to say, this is the end-all guy. He, he's going to tell a coach, Coach, Barbara, is she's looking a little dizzy. We've got to get her out of there. We've got to take her out. And we've got to keep her out. The protocol they have today is, mm -hmm. is a lot, lot more complex, a lot more thorough than it was when I was coaching. Mm -hmm. you know, I retired 12 years ago. But even back then, we had protocol. Mm -hmm. And and even before that, it was okay. Make sure they don't have a headache tonight. Make sure they don't vomit tonight mm -hmm. when they go to sleep. And that was concussion. Yeah, uh, it's a lot more thorough today. But you know, I, I don't see why we can't do it um, mm. because of knee injuries. Uh, football, they took away the the blocking below the waist, the uh, the chop blocks. Yeah, everybody didn't want injuries. that. The game yeah. went on, right? And you yeah. got two mm -hmm. knees, but mm -hmm. what about what about the brain? You only mm -hmm. got one of those, and. Uh, I think they, like Gary said, they should have rules to, um, you know, minimize uh, injuries. Gary, when you talked about the neuro huddle and some of these other gatherings that happen, uh, 
is it going to be something that will be either licensed or certified or something that, that it will be mandatory for a team to have that qualified personal making the observations that we're talking about? Oh, I, I think so. There's yeah. already, you know, so much is moving in that direction, and I think you're going to find the best coaches are going to want to do that and adopt that. And already the the sports trainers of the, that we have now, they weren't available 20, mm-hmm. 30 years ago. But that's on there, and their whole job is to look out for this. And I think you're going to find more and more going forward that the coach who insists on a player going back in, like we mm-hmm. see on TV, the guy gets up, oh, you're top shape, you walk in the wrong direction, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, that Jeez. guy, yeah. th- that coach is going to be the dinosaur. And if there's ever a legal proceeding and that coach did that and someone really got hurt, that's going to curtail that. Yeah, you know, there's another thing, Coach Gu, that we've seen this before, mostly in football, where a kid will have to go into, or a player, go into the locker room and then come out of the next half and, and be back in there. So there were lots of, you know, things being given to these these players, whether they be, you know, get a concussion in the first half and they're back in, in the second half. Uh, wouldn't uh, athletic departments and schools and everybody else be held to a higher standard about uh, about observation and treatment? You, you'd have to have that. Mm-hmm. And everyone plays with the same set of rules. No one has an advantage. Mm-hmm. No one's put at a disadvantage for breaking rules. And, and I mm-hmm. think when it gets to a point where every school, every sport needs to follow the protocol, and not have one other team, one other coach, forcing a, a kid to get back on the court, on the field, and to win a ball game. And mm-hmm. until that happens, a level playing field—that's what they call it. You know, that thing. That's L- let mean. me ask you this, because I think this is germane to what we're talking about here. You know, you'd go on the road for your Wahine games. Well, any any team that you've coached, but let's talk about Wahine basketball here. They're going to be on the road maybe two, three. Maybe a week they're going to be playing all these other schools. Lots of things go on when this when this traveling is going on, and a kid doesn't want to not be at their best. What what was the sort of the the the, the game rules that you that you had set up that you had said okay look, you know your your trainer and your doc they they got the answer. But what about when a kid says hey coach come on I'm okay I want to play. Every coach is going to tell you that. Yeah. Can you go back in? How do you feel? I'm ready. Let me in. Mm-hmm. Sprain an ankle one day. Can I play tonight? Well, we'll ask the trainer. Oh, I'm okay. They're never going to say mm-hmm. because their own pride or peer pressure from their teammates, they don't want to let their team down. And so they're going to want to get back in for whether any kind of injury. And that's mm-hmm. where the... It's it, not 20 questions, right? No, because no. what, Gary, you're talking about, we're going to come up with a device that's going to measure what happened to this kid, and they're not going to go back in until the docs cut them loose again. No, I think it, it's moving in that direction, and I don't have unrealistic expectations, mm. but I just have great confidence with the sharing of honest information mm. amongst parents and coaches and players. But the parents and coaches are the ones that are entrusted with this mm. responsibility, and you know we have the most valued treasure, you know, our kids and mm. their brains in their heads, and our we're the custodians and we're the stewards of that. So it's 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 moving in the right direction. We just got to stay on it. But what do you you know? Sometimes you'll say our goal is short term to do this, medium term to do this, and long term to do that. In other words, any change that's made right now is a step in the right direction. You can start eliminating, say, a third of these injuries. You're way ahead of where where things are. How difficult is that? How many gatherings? How many neuro huddles? How many seminars are going to have to get together before people start acting on them? I don't know. Mm. I, I don't think that's important. It's a process. Mm. We want to address the process. At least we're not flying in the dark anymore. 
Yeah. We know what's going on, and we're going to address it. And, you know, there's how many kids, they want to, as, as you know, Vince says, they want to try their best. They always want back in there. But we also have the parents that, you know, they want their kid to get a full ride or, yeah. you know, that want them to do well. By the same token, when you start comparing what price do you pay, if you your kid is a defensive outstanding back and is in there all the time, the, gets, the name gets called all the time, this is a real case. I know uh, a lawyer, national lawyer, uh, his wife's a lawyer, and the kid, outstanding football player, good enough to go try out for the uh, uh, European NFL. Mm -hmm. And he gets accepted, he decides not to play, goes into law school, and then he's having a hard time concentrating, mm -hmm. writing his papers. Well, I know, mm -hmm. but you know, that kid wants to be a lawyer and things, so we're not going after the helmet company in that case, but that's a kind of case that's ready to be litigated. If that's here in Hawaii, I'd take that case in a heartbeat. Okay, let's go back to what we were talking about a little while ago, and maybe so a parent or a listener or a coach or a trainer that might be listening to the Gallagher Law or would sort of understand where we're coming from. Gary mentioned, and you talked about it, that, that women's basketball is a high incidence of this. And, and he, he alluded before we started recording the program that there was maybe some physiological differences and some other things. Um, are women in some sports more at risk just because of their makeup, do you think? You know, I, I, I can't answer that. Mm -hmm. and, um, and You're not Dr. Goo, you're no, Coach Goo, and, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. why do the uh, women have ACL, torn mm -hmm. ACLs? Mm -hmm. And is it because of the their um, the way they're built, mm -hmm. and, and that that has been some possibilities, but nothing um, you know um, solid from from the education standpoint from um, the experts. But uh, yeah, it, it could yeah. be. But um, hey, just play the game the way it's supposed to be played. Follow the rules, and, and I think we'll be okay. You know, Gary, we went back. Let's go back a couple of decades. Let's go way back and talk about people like Patsy Mink and others at Title IX. And I'm just wondering if some sports have been occupied by women that they're really not physically, you know, constructed to be able to do that. Do you think that there's anything in that, that there might be some no, sports? I don't, I don't buy that at all. Mm -hmm. I, even if... And some people, I've you know read some things that it has to do with not enough strength and neck things like that. I'm not even buying that. My take on all of this is you know we came out of the trees five million years ago, and it's between men and women, and we have different brains, plain mm -hmm. and simple. We have different brain architecture. We have different skulls to accommodate those brains, and I think sometimes this is my view that architecturally the lateral hits might be more harmful to wahinis than men. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we have the highest uh, incidence in judo, we have the higher incidence in, in uh, basketball. That doesn't mean they can't play, but I think we need more science. Mm -hmm. What are the moves that cause that? If you know, we have blocking from a certain angle or certain moves that cause higher risk of you know, falling down to get a hit. Yeah, that's what we should address. Mm -hmm. Not that they shouldn't be able to play the sport or, you know, what kind of moves with respect to um, judo. That's way beyond my pay grade, but yes. it's not beyond the, the ability to us to, to study it scientifically uh, with the assistance of kinesiologists, with, uh, with high-speed cameras and just correlating the accelerometers that would be worn in a, 
hairband or a headband or a water polo hat or whatever uh, that just document mm. all this. We can just make it better. Yeah, There's science. No is, science is going to help engineer that. No, it really yeah, is. Yeah. And oh no, I yeah. would never yeah. ever uh, suggest for, for any uh, time at all that Wahinis be prohibitive playing any sport. Okay, but let's go, uh, Vince, Coach Gu, to this, and that is a coach. You know, when you're teaching a, a sport, that there are, there are defensive moves, there are offensive moves, there you know, there's all kinds of things that happen in your sport that I, that I and Gary know nothing about. But we do know that we like to watch it. But so much of that is involved in checking and in, in, in your court, in, in that key, in that hole, when all of these bodies are just full steam at each other all the time. Yeah, and yeah. that's why they have the rules for, you know, calling fouls. Mm-hmm. And some of my least favorite people are referees. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because um, we, we had yeah. a game playing on the mainland, the NCAA tournament. We had one referee that officiated in the in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And there's a three-second violation call. Right. And he just wouldn't blow the whistle. So I said, how can you be officiating in the Big Ten when you can't even count to three? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what What is the danger of that? You know, when you talk about that three-second rule, what was it? Is it to make sure that the the path is clear, or or that it's less congregated? What's that rule about? If you got ten people and you put them all in the key, there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of contact. Mm-hmm. So you you have the three second violation call. So you you have ten people spread throughout the floor, and so that chances of contact would be a lot less. In your years coaching the Wahine at, at, at UH, what was the most common injury? What was the, the, the main injury that they got? Knee injuries. Yep. Yeah, ACL, most serious. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of concussions. But, you know, way back, like I had uh, said earlier, we weren't really sure whether it was a concussion or a little headache, a little mm-hmm. dizziness. And then, you know, our, our protocol got a lot stricter. And uh, I, I think we've taken great strides in, in that area. You know, Gary, we're spectators in in Vince's in that sport of Vince's, uh, and and but I'm sure that you have winced as many times as I have when somebody hits the floor when you hear that bang, you know, and you think, oh my goodness, but that's not that one's easy to track. What you're talking about, the hard ones to track, are all these little ones that happen over a long period of time. That's the one that's best documented in mm-hmm. in football, and I know mm-hmm. the helmet is a main culprit, so it's yeah. obvious to me because I understand the science and the dynamics behind it, but I'm also more curious, and there's an interesting side to point Vince makes there as far as the refs and not uh, calling the, the violations. I mean, you look at the NFL in the playoffs, holy mackerel, those guys, boom, yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody calling that. What's yeah. going on? And then the Let worst, them play. They're saying, let them play. Them play. Yeah, you know? it's a yeah. playoff. You let yeah, them play. Yeah. No, and the worst one is is hockey. I mm-hmm. mean, they go around bashing each other mm-hmm. intentionally, and that's just, you know, outside that hockey arena, that's called assault. You know, people go <laughs> to prison for that. But and wait now, a minute, wait a minute. Vince, let's talk about that for a minute, because we know <laughs> that we've recently lost the Pro Bowl. You know, for any number of reasons, a Pro Bowl is it's going to be in Orlando. We might get it back someday. But it's always said the pomp and circumstance and spectacle is the thing, not the game. Because let's talk about an all-star game of basketball or a throw-together game when, when guys and gals aren't running full speed because nobody wants to get hurt because the, the win or the loss is not as important. No, and there's too much chance of injury and blown salaries. Yeah. Right? They're making a lot of money. Just like when we were kids, we'd play not flag football because if we did play flag football, you bring your own flag and you get a couple guys cheating because they got these two-inch flags and you can't grab them. 
and, and then you play two hand touch. Yeah. yeah. And then after ten minutes, you go to one hand touch because you didn't touch yeah. me with two hands. Yeah, you only yeah. touched me with one hand. Yeah, yeah. So you go to one hand touch. You know, and that then then you take your neighborhood and you go go play tackle somewhere, uh, mm -hmm. secret you know neighborhood against neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. But you see, that that's fun. the whole point. You know, it all leads up to a kid being told. You got to get tough. You got to be through this. You got to you got to go out. You got to hit people. You got to hurt them. You got to show that coach that you're a tough kid. It's you know you um, back then when you got hit in the nose and you had a bloody nose. Yeah, I come out. They they stop the bleeding. Yeah, but today they check for concussion. Mm -hmm. They never did that before. A little blood out of your nose. Okay, nah, no that's you stop the bleeding. Yeah. Go back in. Yeah, yeah. You know, Blow your nose, up, kid. Blow your wrap, nose. wrap up the cotton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick it in your nostril. But. Today they got the, 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 the protocol for concussion, which is great. You know, Gary, I, I have not brought up this one particular sport because I can't, first of all, I can't believe the tsunami of, of uh, attention that the sports get. And this is this mixed martial arts stuff. When I mean, you know, bar the door, Katie, because these, these people, men and women, are just getting hammered all the time. That must be very disconcerting. Well, it's, it's disconcerting, but that's me. If it's adults... And you want to go out there and do that, mm -hmm. you know, that's a different issue. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not going to venture out there and, you know, the barbarism or, or whatever, but there's also something that's just deeply attractive to, the, to that level of violence that, you know, it's part of the human condition. On the other hand, you know, I'm not going to get on my soapbox and I don't want to waste my time there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd mm -hmm. rather just worry about kids don't mm -hmm. know what's happening because... There's a hundred thousand or a million to be saved, or the quality of their life improved, that never make it to the NFL. That's yeah, that's more... what we're really looking at with respect mm -hmm. to MMA. You know, that's you know that's a land of Donald Trump. You yeah. know, I mean, we're talking circus <laughs> tricks out there, beat the hell out of each other. But you and, know, they you know call that's that, fine. They, that's they, fine. They, they want to make money. You know, let them go do that. I'm a libertarian in that regard, yeah. I guess. They 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 call it the gladiator attitude. All right, and and I guess maybe. Vince, if you go back to who were the coaches back in the day in the Coliseum, it was a guy that could get somebody to get speared a few times and, and still be victorious. So the blood sport part, hasn't that sort of permeated through all these sports? And there, there is this level of expectation of violence or injury that sometimes people admire. Well, like they say, Pete, you buy a ticket and go watch a fight, uh, uh, you watch a fight mm. and a hockey game breaks out. Yeah, in, that's in why, the sand. That's why right. people are there. They, they yeah. go there to watch the fights, right? Uh, not going up and down, skating up and down the ice. They, well, they love the fights. Look at look at the instance of that we had at, at Aloha Stadium uh, and look at some of the incidents in Stan Sheriff and a lot of the places where people, I guess, are vicariously living through the player and they get mad when their team gets behind and they start making big body and pretty soon you got a beef. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the, 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 the parents who push their youngsters now mm -hmm. uh, to, at all costs, get mm -hmm. there so you get a college degree. What happens when those kids become parents? Probably the same thing is going to happen. They're going to raise their children doing the same thing. And regardless, hey, Pop Warner, go ahead, use your head, make the big katouge, yeah. make the big hit. Yeah. yeah, let's go to the other end of the spectrum, Gary, because we began the conversation talking about some some clients that you have that are at that level where they are at the pro level where they where they literally died for for their sport um heading that off at the past would be you know but is is it going to take a whole generation is it going to take a long time to train people what to appreciate in the sport or can it be done rather can it be organized to be done you know with in order 
Oh, I think that's why I, I, I have embraced this in part because we are in Hawaii. We do have a unique sense of community that's not like anywhere else on the mainland. They got so many school districts, inner cities, all kind of different issues. Whereas here, we're statewide, one school district, decision makers are going to avoid liability at the highest level, and rightfully so. And we have a bunch of smart, talented people doing research on here. You know, we have. Uh, psychometrists that measure all this, H campus pull mm -hmm. all these resources together. So I'm very, very hopeful on, on that here in Hawaii. And I'm not putting any outside time on it. I'm just trying to share the insights mm -hmm. that I have and the information that I have with the most knowledgeable people. Mm -hmm. And you know, I would love to have you know people like Vince around retired, they have a wealth of information. Mm -hmm. And to get involved in this discussion with the decision makers that are still out there. Do we have to have coach, in your opinion, down the road, maybe classes and classes on coaching, where you get a whole bunch of coaches that want to be coaches? They're going to need to have someday, not unlike when Vince School walked into the school as a teacher and said, "Hey, you know what? You got to coach. Pick a sport." Now you're going to say, "All right, if you want to coach, you have to be certified. You have to be. You have to understand what you're doing." I think Gary hit it on the nose where he said we're under one umbrella mm -hmm. educationally. And so you, you set your guidelines and your, your regulations and everybody follows that. Mm -hmm. And the trick is how do we get down to the, the youth leagues mm -hmm. and say you got to take these exams as a coach to be qualified or to be eligible to coach at that level in that sport. Yeah, you know, when Gary first approached me on doing some of these programs on that, I thought to myself, you know, most of the coaches on most of the teams that I see, they're somebody's dad. There might be a couple of coaches that are part of the league, they order the T-shirts, but really the coaches, the assistants, and everybody else, probably they got to go look at a book. Go, I got to coach football. I better go read the rules. That's right. And the little, little leagues, mm -hmm. they're volunteer coaches. Sure. Usually parents. And sometimes you got coaches that would do anything to win. So in, say, in a basketball game, every – Every kid needs to play one and a half quarters or X amount of minutes. But you see coaches cut corners because mm. the kids that aren't that good, they don't want them on the court playing, so they're going to play their, their stronger players. So the rules are, but you got to have those rules in place. What and, would and be the consequences, have, though? I mean, well, you forfeit you know, the game. Yeah, that's what I was going to get at. You know, when when it all goes in wins and losses, I watched a little league baseball game in my neighborhood a while ago, and they didn't keep score after so many innings because mm -hmm. one team was getting hammered so badly. I guess they didn't want the kids to feel bad. But in other, those kids at the end of that day, when they were shaking hands at the end of the game, they kind of meant it. They weren't. They, they weren't. All right. So we got to. We have to do some, some shifting in our thinking about this stuff. All about parents. Look at the mm -hmm. little league baseball games, close game. Mm -hmm. After the game, the players shake hands. They go have their potluck, and then they go to the tennis court with a tennis ball. Both teams are playing another baseball game in the tennis court. Yeah. And who are the, 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 the people with their heads down? The parents of the team that lost, and yeah. they take yeah. it harder than the, than the players. Players already forgot it five minutes after the game. So we need to educate the parents. That's the Gary, the thing that Gary, I'm the most worried about. When you talk about at the at the high level in 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 the litigation level and everything else, there's got to be consequences. But there are also going to be some schools that say, "Hey, uh, we don't have the resources. We can't get the certified coach. We can't do this. We can't do that." Would that mean that, that then they shouldn't be playing until they until they could get or get something that was organized or certified? I'm not making any hard rules like that. Mm -hmm. I think you know each community, each you know. Have, parent-teacher group, uh, they're going to have to make these decisions along with school administrators and the coaches. All I know is 
it's a long, complicated process, and we're up against a lot worse forces than that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when you have an industry that makes ten billion a year in uh, advertising and everything else, the NFL, they don't give a rip about mm -hmm. the truth. They just scrape off players like boots, yeah. and off mud off the bottom of their boots. They don't care. Whereas if they were really responsible, you know, all this stuff can be managed. They just can be yeah. honest about it. You know, Coach, when you get a star, somebody that's very, very good, and they usually get good because they play a lot of minutes or they play a lot of games, and then you see some of these scar these people that get out of their sport and their their DUIs or their 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 beefing or they get in trouble for assaulting somebody, is that the killer instinct that people have when they just just don't understand that they're that they've been hurt and hurt a lot? Well, you know, I, I, I don't un really understand that question. You mm -hmm. mean a star after they're done playing? Well, even, even while they're done playing. But yeah. we're seeing some of these megastars right now that get in all kinds of personal problems. And it, it doesn't seem, it's, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's because they've been hurt a lot. Well, and I think a lot of it is the emphasis put on them by their coaches of what needs to be accomplished mm -hmm. and just go out and play and win. And they don't talk about attitude. They don't talk about behavior or being a citizen in the community. It's just what they're doing in the sport. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they, they, they get some brain injuries, and that, that affects some of their behaviors, like domestic violence and uh, things along that line. And it's not their intention. Yeah, we're talking intention. about spousal abuse. We're yeah. talking about not a lot of stuff. their intention, but they, you know, they, they've got the injuries. Okay, let's, let's roll back and, and, and make sure that everybody sort of understands where we're going here. The Gallagher Law Hour is, is a show that is meant to inform and educate you on a lot of things. We're talking about this brain health and sports injury. And I know, Gary, that not only you is your foundation involved in funding a lot of the studies, but you must be encouraged when, when, a, when somebody like Vince Gould will step up after retirement and say, okay, let me, let me get involved in this. Talk about some of the others, some of the doctors, some of the trainers, and some of the, the other, and parents, and some, and some players that are getting behind this idea. Oh, no, H-Camp, you know, our Hawaii Concussion Awareness uh, group up at the University of Hawaii and the research that they've been putting together, they've been very, very successful uh, in helping the coaches and, and the uh, sports training, uh, the uh, Nathan uh, Murata is a Ph.D. up at UH, uh, Ross Oshiro is a program uh, uh, coordinator up at Queens, and Troy Furutani is a University of Hawaii kinesiology and rehab sciences as well. Those three guys have done tremendous work. They're out there in the community. They're out there with the school districts, and they're out with all of the sports uh, trainers, getting them um, uh, high-quality program to give them the benefit of the latest research in medicine at their it, level. It, what blows me away is that the number of varied stakeholders that have come together and, and are meeting each other sometimes for the first time, organizing their thoughts and say, I can't believe it that we're now we're, that this is finally getting together. Do you think that once again, the, the, the professional sports injury, let's go to the NFL, let's go to the helmet, let's go to this, these players that just are horribly either disfigured or they're, they're hurt, uh, it, it looks like it's blowing back to the very basic of, you know, the littlest sport of all. Say, what, are, what can we do to prevent these kids today from getting like that kid today, tomorrow? Well, the truth of the matter is, oh, the NFL, they've sold nothing but Shabai all these years. <laughs> they just want their 
you know, game to go on. Mm-hmm. Monday night football, boom. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they get doctors out there that are literally lap dogs that mm-hmm. don't really look out for the players. They like the celebrity of it all, too. Sure. And that's tragic and sad. And they said, oh, there's no connection, no connection, no connection when long-term effects of, you know, neurotrauma, repeated hits, until it's in their interest to settle all these cases one time. And what do they do? Mm-hmm. They agree to the class action. Oh, everybody knew. We all know. From mm-hmm. now on out, every player knows. It's just... It's all driven by mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a reality we have to deal with. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I just want Hawaii to be in the vanguard of this. Let's just be honest about mm-hmm. it. And we can make it safer, and the NFL won't come to grips with it, but we will. You know, Coach Gua, again, I, this doesn't happen, I don't think, in Wahine uh, basketball, but it happens in a lot of other sports, and that is when you see these players before a game, they get together, they're pounding on each other's shoulder pads, and now it's more they're headbutting each other all the time because they got these big old face things, so they're not going to get some poked in the eye. They're not going to chip a tooth, but they're banging each other's heads together. That must be a horror story. Take the helmet off. Yeah. Don't let them <laughs> yeah, use the yeah, helmet. There you go. And, see and that's exactly what you're talking see about. See how many there. times they yeah. headbutt them. Take yeah. the face mask off. Yeah. Yeah. And do you see anybody come yeah. in trying to break their nose? Nah. Yeah. Well, Just my, my days and Gary's days, I think we'd, we'd had one bar. No, no, but all that. And the leather hat? No, Vince yeah. is absolutely right. So all we got to do is change the rules and get educated people that aren't afraid to make the calls. Mm. Retired people, a wealth of experience, and really know, and they know the dynamics of, mm. of, of winning. And if we just take the most hurtful, harmful facets away, the kids are going to play like hell within those mm. new rules. And yeah, it's I, intelligent. Yeah, we're going we we to look do. for another thing, something else to cheer about. In other well, words, no, you the know, kid, yeah. the families, the yeah, kids, yeah, every, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it'd just be like, you know, hitting each other in the head without your skull on you. just damaging your brain. Once you know what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, you change the rules. It's just the human condition. You're going to want to celebrate. You're going to want the excitement. And as long as the rules just bring in a little bit, a little bit at a time, make it safer. Right. That's our goal. All right. Well. Now, I hope your, your appetite is just getting whetted because we're, we're asking Coach Gu to come back and sort of do part two of this program. Kindly sort of, I think the stage has now been set. I want you to go and take a look at GallagherLaw.com, all right? G-A-L-I-H-E-R-Law.com. This program is being brought to you uh, by, by Team Gallagher in, in an effort to in, sort of inform you someday you and you already have somebody in your house or your family that's involved in these sports and maybe they ought to rethink the way they're doing it and coach first of all thank you for coming down and spending some time with us and we want you to come back we're going to do another part of this that good for you that was my pleasure all right and and gary you know this is kind of neat and if you want to hear something you go on to gallagherlaw.com send an email saying hey i like this or i didn't like that we want to get more of this or more of that so for everybody at gallagher law and and coach vince goo i'm mike buck thank you for listening we'll see you next time on the gallagher law hour Well, that's our program for today, and we certainly hope you'll come back next week for our next episode. In the meanwhile, to learn more about Team Gallagher, log on to GallagherLaw.com. That's G-A-L-I-H-E-R Law.com.